Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is Dr. Drayvon James. And if you've ever had trouble reaching a goal, staying in the habit of something, this episode is the one for you because Dr. James has so many great tips about tracking systems instead of goals and how we can kind of build that into our lives instead of striving for something that may not actually be attainable the way we have it set up. It's just a matter of shifting how we're measuring our mindset around all of that and really bringing in, I love this concept that she has of everyday peace and being complete. We're trying, you know, like we can't be happy all the time. Hopefully, are not sad or mad all the time either. There's got to be a nice balance of everything going on there. Dr. James really nicely puts how we can be our complete selves, how we can support ourselves with people to reach that next level of greatness. And there's so many good things. I mean, you're going to feel like you're ready to run through a brick wall. I would recommend taking the door instead. Hurts a little bit less, but hey, you do what feels right. If you'd like to support good people, cool things, head on over to the website. You might be on it right now, you might be listening at goodpeoplecoolthings.com at this very second. Sign up for my mailing list because you'll get so many other great resources, tools, and tips. And you'll be feeling fantastic about all the things you can accomplish just like you'll feel after this episode with Dr. Drayvon James. For people who might not be familiar with who you are, can you give us your name and your elevator pitch, but can you also tell us the type of elevator we're riding on? Oh, awesome. My name is Dr. Drayvon James, and I am the founder and the creator of a philosophy called Everyday Peace, where I help people reach their next level of greatness by embracing everything that has shown up in their life, the good, the bad, the wanted, and the unwanted. And this should be a ride of what I call peace, wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken. We will use everything that we have access to, to get us where we want to go. Were you always someone like growing up? Were you a super, you know, super Zen kid, a super laid back, like introspective kind of child? Or did this kind of happen later in life? I think I, you know, that's that's the first time someone's asking that. So let me just take a quick moment. (laughs) I think when I was growing up, I've always been very much, uh, I think the term is like an empath. Like I have a desire to help other people feel better so that's all like I've always been able to be in tune to oh you know well you're not feeling well how can I show you this in a different perspective or get you to reach for something and it always made me really feel good um, seeing people do better so not necessarily zen-like because I believe I could bring drama (laughs) to any situation (laughs) Um, but I had a great mom um, who I recently lost and she passed away but uh, I had a great mom who was really, really the inspiration behind me just reaching deeper within myself and being true to who I really was, whether or not I even understood it at sometimes. She just really embraced me just embracing who I was. I trace a lot of things back to my mom as well. And I think it it really is. I I think we almost underestimate like how how much our our parents inflict sounds bad, but like how much they uh, impart (laughs) on us, you know, just throughout like all of the different parts of our life. And, and I think that's super cool that you identify that as, as something that has helped shape you and that it's impacted so many people positively. So one of the things that I thought was, was interesting about 
the everyday peace aura, as we'll call it, just the whole sort of things, is that instead of tracking goals, you're more of a believer of tracking systems. So why is it important to do that? You know, and I, this is through trial and error, but I can tell you I've read a lot of research that really supports the same thought. And what I know is that if we track a goal, and I use weight loss, loss because that's one of my biggest client requests when we start working together at the end of a year or beginning of a year in my life coaching business. People want to lose weight. They want to get in shape. And what I often find is that, yes, they can get there. That's the goal, but they cannot maintain it. Right. And so there is a thought process that happens. Like once I reach this goal, well, that's it. We haven't created the new person that you want to be. We just created a new body temporarily, right? But you yourself are still operating under the old mainframe, right? You still have that old operating system. And so what I realized is that if I could get myself included other people to embrace becoming the person that they want to become. And along the way, they're going to get this added benefit. And we'll stick with the example of weight loss. You're going to lose this extra five or 10 pounds. That's great. But this is the person that you're becoming, a person who embraces and enjoys eating healthy, enjoys moving their body and getting exercise, enjoys getting sunlight, enjoys getting a good amount of sleep at night. That's who you are. And so we create systems to enforce this new person that you're becoming because we get to create ourselves over and over again in this lifetime. And that's exciting. We can really get behind it and say, oh my gosh, guess who I decided to be now? And now I'm this person. And that is sustainable. You becoming that person will keep you in line with that goal. Okay, this next question might be a little selfish, but I think it'll help the audience as well. Because as you were saying, those things like wanting to eat healthier, wanting to get outside more, wanting to get a good night's sleep. I'm sitting here nodding like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like all of that. But this past month, I have done the exact opposite of that as I, I, I've had some, some trips pop up and things that you know, have kind of knocked me off my normal schedule, which I am already using as an excuse for that. So for people that maybe do have a little, little bit of a harder time kind of getting started and, and continuing that, what are some of the tips you offer for them? Oh, the number one tip I have is let's not overwhelm the system. Now, when we're trying to start something new, there is, you know, we have this adrenaline rush. Yeah, I can do it. We want to get in there. We want to give it all we have. And I say, let's not do that. Let's look at where we are today and let's go really small. I call it go small to win big. We're going to change in such small, almost unnoticeable ways that are super, super easy, that we could not fail. And once we get those tiny wins, then we're going to move up to the next win. So, you know, first thing I started doing when I said, you know what, I do need more than four hours of sleep a night. <laughs> and I thought to myself, I'm just going to create an environment that is inviting for sleep. So I just changed the light bulb in my room, just changed it to a different color. So when I turn on that, that lamp that's on my nightstand, it's a soothing color and it's, it's not as bright. And that was my, and I was just so proud of myself. And that lasted for a little while. And then I went on to the next step and, and the next step. No, nothing that's earth shattering at first, but those tiny little steps help to create, create big, huge change in our life over time. You'd be surprised it's because the brain gets a win and we get that endorphins rush. And we, you know, we start saying, oh my gosh, I can do this. Or what does, in my, in my personal example about changing the light bulb in my room and just making sure that I turned it on, 
like when it was time to turn the light on in my room, I turned that light on and it made something in my brain feel like, oh, this is so nice. I should be winding down right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I started answering that question with, okay, well, you know what? Let's go take a hot shower. Let's go to, and all of a sudden I was developing a system of how I wind down, how I rewarded my body. And I actually called it a reward, how I rewarded my body for the work and the service that I had done all day. And I imagine that you also try to keep things out that maybe don't lead to winding down. So I assume you probably don't have, you're probably not working when you're in the bedroom and you're probably not, I'm, I'm just going to pull this example because my friend told me that he recently moved into a new house and in the bedroom they had a uh, mini fridge that was already installed. You probably don't have like caffeinated beverages in your bedroom yeah. either. No, but I'll tell you at first I, I was a big offender and we all know that you shouldn't take work into your bed. Right. So, but I was a big offender. Oh, you know, let me just take my laptop in there. But now the light is so dim and it's, you know, my eyes just can't do it. So that's great. <laughs> I can't do the glare from the, from the computer screen, this dim light. And I thought, well, this is useless. Right. My eyes are tired. Let me just turn the computer off. And all of my systems started working together. And I started tracking like, you know, okay, well, what time did I go to bed last night? Oh my gosh, did you get six hours of sleep? That's great. And I, I started developing the habits of the person that I wanted to become. And I started rewarding myself when I went to bed early, you know, five nights out of the week. And I felt refreshed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. You know, and started talking to myself in that manner that this is something that I was doing for me as a reward for me. Instead, and this is something people miss a lot of times. Most people, a lot of their days, spend their days punishing themselves for something, right? So we are talking to ourselves, we're behaving towards ourselves the way that we don't want other people to see and behave towards us. So we're punishing ourselves for not finishing the report on time or, you know, not getting this right or not doing that. And we think, well, that's how I'm going to get better. But it really isn't. It braces, it, it braces us against ourselves. So if we really want to have positive change, we've got to find ways to reward ourselves and say, oh my gosh, you're doing this so great. And that's why I like to start with the tiny, tiny, tiny objectives, changing the light bulb in my room and then really applauding myself because I had to go to the store out of my routine, get that light bulb, you know, okay, change it. You know, how long did it sit on the dining room table for? I actually take it upstairs and put it in the <laughs> lamp. You know how life goes, right? Mm -hmm. But when I did that, I really celebrate myself and I celebrate the next step and the next step. So I tell people always go small. Don't go for the big thing. Go for the tiny thing that would people just say, oh, that doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference. I love it. And I'm, I'm picturing all the things that are on the uh, dining room table right now that I <laughs> that have been in the household for at least a week. <laughs> at least a week, right? You're like, oh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll tell you, there have been days, you know, that, I'll go the whole day. I'll never even go into the kitchen. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I don't have time. It's between the office, the bathroom, and the bedroom. <laughs> One thing that I think is is kind of interesting is just like the the mindset shift that we've kind of had around happiness and empathy and even working towards something that we want to accomplish. I think that's changed a little bit in the pandemic because we've seen like, hey, you know, we don't need to sit in the office all day because we're working from home. Like we're able to be productive at home too. Maybe you get more time with kids, or in my case, you get more puppy cuddles and scratches throughout the day, which are 
fantastic ways to uh, get back on track if I'm ever a little a little out of it. I'm like, let me just let me just get a couple belly rubs and we'll be all right. Have you seen that since you've been you've been coaching people for longer than the past two two and a half years? Have you seen kind of like a shift as the pandemic has come and now we're kind of in like the post wave of it, or is it has it kind of been consistent from pre pandemic to post pandemic? Oh, I've definitely seen the shift. I had a client um, just before I got on this interview with you, and we were talking about her new hybrid schedule that came about during, you know, I call it, you know, the Charles Dickens of uh, of, of of life, you know, the, the worst of times and the best of times. We wouldn't wish COVID on anyone, but during that time, some great things got discovered, and one was the hybrid schedule, which means that she now can work a certain number of days per week from home and then a certain number of days she gets to go into the office. It's the best of both worlds and she gets to select those days. Now, prior to that, most jobs just couldn't figure out how to make that work. It just seemed absurd, right? And we think of how good it is for the environment to have, you know, not so many automobiles and all that on the road all the time. And people's happiness factor goes up, whether you love working at home or you love being in the office, having that choice and having that autonomy over yourself really has improved, at least for my client base, their sense of wholeness as it relates to their work and their sense of work-life balance. They just, you know, they enjoy that. And I do have clients who say, you know what, after, and I had one yesterday, his four little kids, and she said, you know, I really look forward to the days that when I when I can come into the office because I have four kids, you know, all of them are, are home. And she says, I look forward to those days. But then she looks forward to the days when she doesn't have to get a sitter and she can stay home with the children. So it's really great to have this as a result of, um, of the COVID. Yeah, there's definitely been some days where I'm like, oh, it's nice to be in the office. And just, it's sometimes not even within the home. It's just, you know, construction going on outside or we live at a corner right where there's a bus stop, um, and I don't know what it is. I don't think I did this when I was riding the bus. This is going to be a get-off-my-lawn moment, but uh, and sometimes literally, because sometimes the kids do legitimately walk onto our lawn, and I've seen them <laughs> drop candy wrappers sometimes, and I was like, come on, you can take that to your house and throw it away. But every time they get off the bus, it's just like 15 minutes of just screaming. Like, it's not even, like, loud yelling and talking. It's, like, straight, like, it sounds like someone's maybe being attacked. And sometimes I've kind of peeked out the window, like, is everything okay out there? And it's like, nope, it's just kids excited to get off the bus. So they're like yelling, screaming. But there are some days where I'm working on something where I'm like, I would love concentration right now. <laughs> so it, right, it is very yeah. nice to kind of have that balance. Right. right. And see, in those things, and, uh, and even to be home and to see what happens around your home during those hours when we're, most of us would never see our house at two o'clock in the afternoon. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> right. So it's nice to reacquaint ourselves to, to what's going on in our communities at that time of the day. See, I'm, I'm definitely seeing that um, I'm, that happiness factor, um, uh, sense of morale at people's jobs. And I do executive coaching as well. And I see that with uh, you know, people just feel uh, more engaged because they really do have this best of both worlds. And I think that is one good thing that has come out of this whole COVID pandemic. Of course, there are probably many, many others too, but that has been a, a consistent one amongst my client base. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people have developed new hobbies as well, or, or you know, accomplished something that they had been putting off throughout yeah, the time. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> I read an article that said, in our country, uh, the United States, uh, online spending, shopping went through the roof. 
right? And I can just tell you my own community, there is an Amazon Prime truck <laughs> all day long, right? But it said in other countries, I think it talked about China, how uh, online didn't change at all, right? So I think um, what I took away from that is that, you know, we, uh, I would have liked to see more self-awareness happen and more development of relationships with those people that we live with. I, I know a lot of it did happen. We did a lot of shopping too uh, and making things more pleasurable at home. And of course, that's, that's always a plus as well, a welcome thing to do. But one of the major things that I um, work with my client base, and we moved uh, virtually everybody to online, um, uh, sessions was that while you're in your home and, and you're having this this quiet time, if you will, take time to really get to know you. Take time to unplug, and I and I even without COVID pandemic, I really encourage this: unplug and get to listen. Take time to listen to those thoughts that are running around in your head, not to participate in them, not to chastise them, just to listen to what's going on there without the chatter of the outside world. Pay attention. It, it, we would be so uh, much more adjusted to life and the circumstances if we paid attention and were more self-aware. And I imagine you mean to do this during the day and not when you're trying to fall asleep because that would be another another deterrent in the bedroom of just your mind racing. <laughs> Well, now here, I, here's what I recommend. Oh, you're bringing up such good points. So I recommend what I call painting yourself as a superhero before you go to bed, because you're right. Many people, before they put their head down on the bed, what they tend to think about is that here we go again with this self-abusing ourselves. We start to think about all the things that I should have, could have, would have done, right? And done them differently. And oh my gosh, and all this shame and guilt and condemnation and torture, self-torture happens. Instead of doing that, I tell people, I said, so when you put your head on that pillow, I want you to reframe the whole day and find areas in your day where you are a superhero with a cape on, just making it happen either for yourself or for somebody else. And that means even if you lost your cool in a, in a meeting or something of that nature, you recovered, didn't you? Now that's superhero stuff. Right. Just start looking for ways where you can pat yourself on the back and say, I'm so impressed by you. My goodness. I hope you sleep well. I can't wait to see what adventures you take me on tomorrow. I like that. What would your superhero name be? Oh, my goodness. You know, now I have a I used to say probably Queen Verbosity. Right. Because. <laughs> I like to talk, but I realized as I got more self-aware, I really don't like to talk that much to be named Queen Verbosity. I would just maybe be the queen of Zen. <laughs> I like that. I like that. When you challenge your brain like that, it, it's so exciting to drift off to sleep because you're going through your day. You know, you got your cape on, maybe how, use your imagination, make it whatever you want you know, whatever kind of superhero you want to be. My son, when he was little, used to tell me all the time, perhaps this is where I got that from. He'd say, mommy, would you choose being able to fly or being invisible? These were his favorite conversations. He's 19 and in college now, but I remember it like it was yesterday. And he would always give me these superhero powers that I'd have to choose from. I couldn't, I could only have one power, but he'd come every day and he'd give me a different one. And I started just thinking about that. Well, what did I do today that was super, super? And he would say, would you like to be able to move things with your mind 
And I would tell him all the time, oh, Miles, I do that. I say, watch, my hand is right here. And I'm going to use my mind and make my hand. <laughs> <laughs> so we would have these great conversations that were kind of silly. But from that, I started thinking about how, how amazing we really are. And we do not give ourselves credit for being the superheroes that we are. Yes, I have had those discussions many times as well. And I think, yeah, I think it's a, a really nice perspective to, to frame it like that. Now, I know we just called you the Queen of Zen. We just gave you that name, or you really gave <laughs> yourself that name. But we're, we're, we're embracing the Zenness. But I'm curious because you practice everyday peace, you, you strive to be happier and help other people be happier. But I'm sure you still get mad. And I'd love to know what's something that makes you angry? Oh my goodness, do I get mad? Okay, so first, before I do that, I gotta tell you that my definition, my philosophy, everyday peace. When I talk about peace, I define peace as wholeness, completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. And I hope when I say that, you hear in there that we're gonna get angry, we're gonna yeah. make mistakes. This is part of the whole puzzle, right? And so I allow for everything. And I think the thing that as I become more and more self-aware, the thing that makes me angry is, and I want to see get the right words, is watching people engage in, I guess, self-hatred. I've always, I mentioned it sort of kind of a lot on this call already, like punishing yourself, like leaving all your rewards on the table and going for the punishment. I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> I'm like, don't you see this win here? And so with myself, I challenge myself because we're all human. I do that too. I'll go, I'll focus on something like, you know, the one thing that I wish I hadn't said or the one, um, you know, obvious thing that I wish I hadn't missed in a conversation. And that, that just really frustrates me and, and causes me to go back to this place of quiet reflection and uh, quiet gratitude and appreciation and just try to love on myself all over again. But that does ruffle my feathers when I see that. And I just think, oh my goodness, how do we keep doing this? How, you know, I wish there was like in the matrix, you know, a red pill and a blue pill or something <laughs> to stop this self-punishment. <laughs> well, no, no pills that I know of at least, no. uh, but who knows, maybe in, in 10, 20 years. Uh, we're going to have to just continue we'll, we'll to work on ourselves. Yeah. We're all, <laughs> I mean, depending on who you ask, we're all in what, like 35 different timelines anyway. So maybe, maybe someone will cross over, they'll have pills. And and yes, it can be like the Matrix. But until then, I like I like your advice there. The reason I kind of asked about this was this morning I had gotten Starbucks, which I like to support local coffee shops. But sometimes Starbucks is like, hey, we'll give you a bunch of free stars if you buy something, which it's not free because you're buying things. But I digress. It's fine. But every time I go to any coffee shop or get any amount of beverages where it's more than two, I only have two hands. So I say, let me get one of these little holders. And every time I leave the drinks in the holder, but the way car seats work, they're like a little inclined. Every time it spills, I'll take a turn and one or more of the drinks just tip over. And typically that means there's now some sort of beverage on my seat or on the floor. And that happened again today. I was just like, why don't I learn? Like, why don't I change this? It seems like a very fixable thing. And so now I'm going to be more... I mean, more considerate of that, more, I, you know, I credited myself for picking up the drink quickly, <laughs> recovering most of it, but it was just, I was just thinking, I was like, huh, that's a, that's a consistent thing that I, I think I should be able to change. 
Right. Or I, you know, what I hear, I hear an invention coming, right? <laughs> what you're going to be able to invent to make that, you know, you'll be the next multimillionaire because you're going to solve that problem for all of us. <laughs> yes. Make a uh, drink carriers. Well, A, that are better for the environment, but also just that are, are slightly angled, maybe like a 75 degree angle. Right. Look at me talking right. like I know geometry real well. Right. <laughs> right. But it's coming together. It's coming together. <laughs> Something I like to ask is a question you wish you were asked more frequently. And for you, how can I or anyone listening, how can they find a group of supportive people to help reach the next level of greatness? Oh, thank you so much for asking that question, because I wish more people knew and understood that life is a team sport. And, you know, there used to be this phrase, you used to hear it a lot, or I I used to hear it a lot, oh, it takes a village to raise, raise a child. It takes a village to do anything. That's why there's more than just one of us, right? (laughs) And so getting to your next level of greatness and having it be sustainable and having you be there so that you can enjoy it will take a village of support. You will support people and people will support you. So whether you do that inside of um, a relationship with family and friends, uh, with a clergy person, with a mentor. my One of my favorite ways is with a life coach um, is get people on your team. You get to be the, you get to be the, uh, the scout, right? You get to go out in this beautiful big world and say, hey, I need a person like you on my team. Take ownership of that. Take creative responsibility for creating the team that you need to get you to your next level of greatness. And one of the things that I have created and I'm so proud of because we've been able to really reach a lot of people and is um, a coaching group called Leaders in High Heels. And what I do is I use leadership skills that I've been in leadership and healthcare for over 30 years. And I use leadership skills to show women how they're transferable to every area of their lives to help them improve their health, their wealth, and their relationships. So whether you're trying to start a new business or write a book or, you know, improve some health journey that you're on or, Uh, improve a key relationship or start a new relationship, you can learn some key skills that will help you to do that, to give you quantum leaps, and you can be part of a collective supportive environment to get you there. So I really encourage people, uh, find a team, create a team. Don't just haphazard your life. Really start looking and knowing what it is you need in order to be supported to your next level. Love it. Now, Trayvon, you're almost off the hook here, but we always like to wrap up with a top three. And you've been dropping tips throughout this entire episode, but for the, the we can call it the too long, don't read version. I'm acting like this is a radio show, like people are going to drop in in the middle, like if they've missed <laughs> the beginning of this conversation. What are your top three tips for success that people can start doing right now? Oh, let me see. I think right now, if I were to tell someone to do something right now, I would say, Get some rituals in your life, morning ritual and an evening ritual, something that you do first thing in the morning that gets you jazz to create your day, whether that is listening to some music that gets your heart rate up and gets you excited and positive, that puts you in the mindset, you know, mindfulness so that you can create the day that you want. And then an end of day ritual. I told you one of my favorite ones, which is ending the day as a superhero, but get, you know, I call it book in your day, start it. take ownership of the day, take ownership of the night. Uh, Next, I will tell you this. Tip number two, 
stop multitasking. Please stop doing that. <laughs> Only 2% of the population can multitask and have increased creativity, focus, and productivity. The other 98% of us are failing miserably at that. So uh, do not multitask, single task everything. One, one thing in this moment. And then I cannot end without my favorite thing, which is gratitude. When you have a gratitude practice as simple as listing three things that you're grateful for every day, you will draw more things in your life to be grateful for. It is extremely powerful. Gratitude is, oh my gosh, it's almost like magic. It's fairy dust. Love some good magic. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dr. Drayvon James, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. This was great. I've got my my nighttime routine. I'm already mapping it out. It's going to be fantastic. And I look forward to putting some of this into practice. If people want to learn more about you, what you're doing, where can they find you? The number one way to reach me is on my website, which is Dr. Dr. Drayvon James. That's D-R-D-R-A-V for victory, O-N, James, DrayvonJames.com. And I have a podcast on mind, body, and spirit. Uh, I just moved over from the Unity Online Radio Network to Mind, Body, and Spirit. It's called Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Fantastic. Go check all of those out. And thank you again for taking the time to chat. It's been wonderful. Likewise. And of course, we got to end with a corny joke, as we always do. What do cows most like to read? Uh, What do cows most like to read? I don't know. Milk bottles. (laughs) Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, I was going with cattle logs. Ah, Good afternoon today, sweet. people. <laughs> Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. If you love to travel, you love cool experiences, you are going to love Viator. Viator is the world's leading travel experience marketplace. And for me, Sun Valley skiing is huge on my bucket list. So I just opened the Viator app, searched Sun Valley, and boom, custom ski and boot fittings and tickets delivered right to our condo. Pretty unbelievable. Just download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking. One app, over 300,000 experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.